This is the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast, and I am Mike Riccio, longtime personal trainer, professional strength coach, gym owner, and most importantly, a devoted modern father and husband. I've been fortunate to learn under some of the most intelligent minds in health and fitness over the past 15 years, as well as work with amazing clients and athletes. What I've most fallen in love with over the years is the power we have over our lives, the power to decrease risk of disease and injury, the power to reach our true potential, the deep abilities the body is capable of when all aspects of health are working simultaneously. On this podcast, you will learn the importance of preventative health and how to optimize your habits to optimize your life. Today we are on with Josh Church, co-founder of Edge Theory Labs, the leaders in cold exposure and cold plunge technology. I am admittedly more excited than usual to get into this episode with you and with Josh. I have really bought into the benefits of cold exposure this past year, partaking in a minimum once a day, three minute cold shower. I have found numerous benefits, which I'll get into with Josh in the episode, but I've also really dug into the research. Often we hear these new modalities come out and we wonder about their validity. Are they short-term? Are they long-term? Are they for real? And Josh comes on today and really, really validates the benefits and the real long-term significant benefits of cold exposure to everything from longevity, to stress recovery, to body composition. Josh has extensive knowledge. When it comes to things like this, you really wonder about the exact template. How do you do something like this? And when you finish this episode, you're gonna be left with, with no more questions. Josh really comes in and just fills every void that you might have in terms of whether you are new to cold exposure or you are already, like me, practicing it, but want to know if you are doing it correctly. I really appreciate Josh and his time today. It was everything I hoped it would be. And please check out him, Edge Theory Labs, and everything they do because uh, it is it is really revolutionary and, no pun intended, only tip of the iceberg of what's coming next with cold exposure. Enjoy. All right, Joshua, we are on. How are we doing, man? Hey, man, doing great. It's a, it's a pleasure to finally connect. It's a huge pleasure. And as I shared with you um, on the pre-talk, this is something that is especially exciting for me. Um, mm-hmm. I got into the cold exposure world, you know, six to eight months ago um, consistently. And it is a huge part of my day. And I'll definitely share later a little bit about what it means to me. But uh, first, a little about you, man. So, you know, who you are, where you're from, and what got you into into this field? Yeah, well, thank you. I'm excited to dig into all the layers. Uh, so my, my name is Joshua Church. I'm, I'm based out of San Diego, California, and I'm co-founder of Edge Theory Labs, where we, my cousin and I built the world's first self-cooling and self-cleaning iceless ice bath. So uh that's it, portable that's the big thing that we brought to market was the it was the portability cool. so we basically took the um like the super durable inflatable technology that they make stand-up paddle boards out of and built a tub using that so it fits into a backpack hooks up to chiller unit plugs into regular ele- electric i'm staring at mine right here on the balcony of my apartment so it makes it really easy to take with you set up in various situations so so that's what we built and and that's that's kind of still surface level of the deeper passion that i have around the cold and around human potential and around how we can feel more alive and activate the physiology that's lying dormant within ourselves so I'm sure we'll dig into all of those layers but that's a little bit about um who i am and uh and where i'm from yeah well the the tool is necessary though, right? Because a big challenge with cold exposure too, especially with submersion is most people just don't want to go to a store and buy 18 bags of ice, two, three, whatever days a week. Yeah. I know for a fact, that's the reason I I have not done more cold exposure in terms of tubbing as I have right. in the past. So um, what did get you into the past? So when's the first time you tried cold exposure and why? Yeah, well, the first time I tried cold exposure was in high school after football 
when our athletic trainer filled up a trash can with ice from the training room and said, all right, get in, do your recovery. And we're like, okay. <laughs> so we're in there kind of suffering. There's a photo I got to find somewhere of, you know, of, of 17 year old uh, Joshua in a, in an ice bath for the first time. thinking, this, oh, this sucks. This is miserable. And then didn't, didn't do it after that. I mean, why would I voluntarily get into freezing cold water? Right. <laughs> and San Diego. So I love the sunshine. I went to school in Ohio. So I got familiar with the cold and I hated that. I learned to love the sunshine even more, moved back to the West coast after. And it wasn't until I heard this crazy Dutch guy named Wim Hof on a podcast and he was talking about his story of how the cold transformed his life, helped him get over depression after his wife took his, took her life and and how he just stepped into this, you know, this next level of power and strength and happiness from it. And, and, and what he was saying really resonated with me. And thankfully, I wasn't going through any challenges quite like he was describing, but I definitely felt unsettled. I definitely felt anxious. I definitely felt bouts and waves of depression at times. And I thought, this is interesting. So I went and did some more research on his website. And the next thing I knew, I booked a retreat to Iceland to go experience the uh, the the pillars of the Wim Hof method, if you will, for the first hand. And that was really when I did ice baths for the first time going to Iceland in 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 real ice, like in the in a, in a frozen lake where we're hacking away with a with a pickaxe to create a, a a hole to go into the ice. And it was a really transformative and powerful experience for me. And it, and it felt like that ice, the cold immersion and breath work as well was a big, big component of this were tools that I was waiting to discover. I had been on a health and wellness journey of my own because I was forced onto one from a lot of health issues and challenges that I faced growing up. Um, from some high school football injuries, from some other injuries and some other conditions that I sustained that um, that put me into a really bad place in my own mind and body, feeling very disempowered, feeling very uncomfortable, feeling very, having this belief that I was going to be in a wheelchair by the time I was 25 years old, which is not healthy as an 18 year old kid to have that belief, just feeling like my body was failing me and distrusting me. And then I started learning these tools. I, yoga was a big part of that for me as well, was the kind of the gateway that led me then to breath work and cold immersion. And these tools were the first time I thought, wow, these are these are ways they're starting for starting my healing process and journey. And I'm able to feel better and feel more energy, feel more alive. I'm able to heal things. I'm able to do things differently than I couldn't do before. And seeing this as a fact and seeing how simple these tools are, breath, movement, cold, like, wow. And I just went deep down that rabbit hole. I eventually became a Wim Hof Method certified instructor and have led lots of retreats and just made my whole life about this this idea and this premise of sharing this with people to help regulate themselves. So that's a bit of how I got into this all. And naturally, like you mentioned, it it, it forced the innovation of figuring out a better way to do ice baths every day because I'm not going to go to the 7-Eleven and raid the, the ice machine every every time I want to do an ice bath, especially when I live in Southern California. I'm going to get ice every day if I want to do it. Right. And at the time that my cousin and I built this, when we launched, um, there was no other option under under 15K on the market. And we thought there was a ripe for disruption opportunity as we were building a DIY solution for ourselves and thought that this is going to go mainstream. I feel like this is you know three years ago. This is going to go mainstream. And I think there's an opportunity to create a tool to help people do this more efficiently. Wim is, uh, he's, I mean, I've, I've never met him personally like you have, but just through his social media, he is quite the entertaining guy too. Like he's someone you really kind of, you, you really want to buy into him because he, he just, yeah. he looks like he, and he obviously does practice what he preaches, but um, he's certainly entertaining. I got into it for similar. I actually did not read his book because of cold exposure. I read it because of the idea of disrupting comfort. Mm. That was, that was the reason I grabbed that book at first. And the cold exposure was part of it, but I, I kind of looked at the general topic and I am a person that believes that comfort, there is a, there is an issue with becoming too comfortable. Um, I'm currently, I've never, if you ever read it, um, the comfort crisis, I'm in the middle of reading it now and it's been a great book. And that's the, a lot of it is the idea that, you know, we are always at 72 degrees. We are always at a level of semi-comfort and even what may be perceived as extreme stress is still technically never that far outside of our our right. comfort zone. So that's what first led me to the book. And that is what got me into first attempting to, to work in cold exposure. And then do you remember the ice book, the ice bucket challenge that came out? Yeah, that, I did. that was the whole thing. And that was years ago, but it really took me more lessons in health before I'm like, you know what? I want this to be a daily part mm. of life for me. It was something I, I, the, the book made sense. 
I did it a few times and then on and off over the years. But then I really had to get into like, man, this ties into other things. You mentioned breath work, nutrition ties in, the idea of recovery in general and sleep. Like all of a sudden, if you really start learning about cold exposure, it really starts tying in as a part of daily habits in a way that I, I didn't see just from the book. Not that the book didn't do, do justice. I had to do other education before I really started being motivated to say, I want to spend this time every day in this level of discomfort. Yes. I'd like to get into the science part a little bit more. Sure. So what is it that is happening? And we'll get into the difference between um, cold plunge and cold shower maybe in a mm -hmm. moment. But first, just in general, when we are cold, yeah. What is what is happening? What is maybe the initial part? And mm -hmm. then what is happening physiologically that starts to become a positive benefit? Yeah, it's a great question. It's something that, you know, as people see ice baths, super trendy, people are like, well, how would you do that? And and there's really an opportunity to, uh, for education here, for understanding. <laughs> and I became fascinated by this. I was not very good in school. I did not like science a whole lot, but I always liked biology because I had something to relate it to. So we're going to go into a little bit of a biology Um refresher course, if you will. So there's so much to, to answer your question. The short answer is there's so much that's happening Sure. when we get into the cold. And then when we get out of the cold, there's so much that's happening on a physiological um, level, on a mental level, on an energetic level uh, to keep it very simple. What's happening when we first, when we get into the ice and we get into cold water is our body goes into fight or flight mode, right? We have two nervous systems we operate from are sympathetic, that fight or flight, that excitatory response. And then we have that parasympathetic, that rest and digest, that calming, right? And so when we go into the cold, we stimulate that sympathetic response. Your body's like, oh, red alert. What's the first thing that happens when you go and you gasp that in that audible inhalation is your body grabbing oxygen to go fight or flight. That happens naturally. It happens. It, we, we can't control, right? It happens. And we're consciously putting ourselves in that state because it gives us the opportunity to mentally start to slow our breath down, get to the exhales, the nasal inhales, and start to breathe through that and to train our body to regulate and to shift downshift into that parasympathetic rest and digest, even in an environment of extreme stress. Now, this does a lot for us and does a lot for us in the modern world that we live in to be able to create an arena or an environment where we can consciously give ourselves stress, a high quality dosage, dosage of stress to use it, to train our nervous system, to give ourselves that elasticity in our nervous system. That way we can handle stress better throughout the day. That way we can be more resilient. And so, so that's what's happening on a physiological level is that the goal of doing that immersion is to reach that state of that parasympathetic, that, okay, I'm calm. And, and, you know, we've taken thousands of people through, through ice baths or the first ice baths as well. And it's always my favorite moment. You can see it like a switch that happens when they finally get over that to the, okay. And then they kind of open back up and they're like, wow. And they get out and riding that high from there. So th that's so powerful. So on a simple level, what's happening physiologically uh, from a nervous system standpoint is we're stimulating that with stress and then we're training our body to recover from that stress. So that's, that's one, that's one vein, right. That's running through all this. The next thing on a, on a vascular level, and people often hear about um, cold as a vasoconstrictor um, there's vasoconstriction and there's vasodilation. Basically that means our whole vasculature, our, our blood vessels, our arteries, the whole vascular system that can wrap around the world multiple times mm -hmm. is, is constricting. So it's, it's collapsing. The, the, the blood vessels are, are closing. And the reason why our body does that inherently is because our body's very smart. We get into that cold water, your body knows, Hey, okay, I can live without my fingers or my arms or my legs, but I need my liver to keep functioning or my kidney to be online. So what happens is, and this is why we go numb in our fingers and toes first, whenever we're in cold environments and why it can happen in the tub is because that blood, the constriction happens in, in, in the, those blood vessels and all the blood draws into our core to, and keeps warm and oxygenates in our core. So we have this high density of nutrient-rich, oxygenated blood that's circulating in our core to keep us alive. And then when we get out, there's this vasodilation that occurs. Vasodilation, heat also can, can cause vasodilation. So sauna, jacuzzis, things like that. And the vasodilation is the opposite of constriction where we're constricting, we're dilating, we're opening up. And so you have your blood vessels and your whole vasculature opens back up. And now all this warm oxygenated blood that's, that's been circulating in your core, becoming nutrient rich and oxygenated, then flushes back to your extremities. 
And when it flushes back to extremities, it's flushing away inflammation, you're flushing out lactic acid. And so you're getting this whole flush in your system. And then when you get all that warm blood that flushes back and you get that cold blood comes and recirculates, you get this mixing of warm and cold blood, which can keep you cold for some time after, which is why it's really important to stay present with the breath, even when you get after the tub. But what that does is that forces your body to heat up. And so when you get out of the tub, this leads to some of those benefits is that your body's like, okay, cool. We got to warm our core body temperature back up. So you're going to burn calories to do that. You're going to increase your metabolic rate. All that's going to happen. And that's where you get all of the amazing benefits. It's, it's the response to the cold and your body being wanting to be in homeostasis and wanting to warm itself back up. And it's incredible um, self-regulatory process that happens because you're training your body to regulate back to baseline when you're in extreme environments and doing that on your own is a very empowering thing to know, Hey, my body's capable of this. I'm capable of warming myself back up. How cool is that? How powerful is that? And that's, that's, that's something we love to explore. Um, and then lastly, to, to round it out, and then I'll, I'll pass it back to you is there's on a neurochemical level, there's so many things that are happening. So one of the coolest things is that we have access to this pharmacy that's in our brain. We don't need the outside external substances. We don't need the alcohol. We don't need the pornography. We don't need the, the booze, whatever, whatever it might be, the food, the addictions we have, we can access that within our brain. And, and, but, but it takes doing the hard thing to do that. And so when you go into the cold studies have observed that we see a dopamine increase of 250%. So you actually feel good. You feel happy. It's the feel good chemicals, norepinephrine, noradrenaline, which makes you feel super alert and alive and awake. And that feeling like, ah, let's go. I can take on the world that bumps up 530%, which is equivalent to what you see people skydiving. So it's, yeah. it's insane that we can access this from simply doing two minutes in cold and all of these things that are happening synergistically. And there's, there's, there's a lot more beyond that, but those are the, those are the key points that I like to point to when educating around cold immersion. I have a lot of follow-up questions, but one immediate one, when we talk about the, the negative dopamine hits, you just mentioned porn, things like that, sure. that have been shown to, I mean, destroy the brain, destroying those neuroreceptors. A lot of it because one, you become, you become dependent of this external source, but you also yep. see a drop, right? What goes up must come down. When we see these right. big external spikes from drugs, we get a we get a valley after, which is what creates the need for right re, reuse. Reuse, yep. Why do we not get the same effect from cold exposure as we do from those more negative? It's modalities? a great question. I love that question. Uh, the simple answer is that we've earned it. <laughs> we've worked for it, right? Okay. Like that's the way that it's built in our in our brain. It's it's built to release that way sustainably. Like we we weren't built with a mechanism that creates a valley naturally. That that that's not that's not normal. If right. we look at if we look at these things, anxiety, depression, chronic stress, these are all modern illnesses, modern disease that we're experiencing because we have this ancient. We are an ancient being living in a modern world, and we have this ancient. Um, hardware that we're running around with, but we're trying to adapt to being on Zoom with someone across the country or having our cell phones and our and our thing, having access to instant dopamine hits like that. Our, our brain's not designed for that. And so that's going to, we're giving ourselves that shortcut. It's that instant gratification. And we hear that it's that instant dopamine hit. It's like pressing the button, pressing the button. Like the lab rats will literally kill themselves pressing the button over and over and over again to get that dopamine hit. But whereas naturally the way that we were built as human beings, and I always love coming back to our physiology and our evolution is, mm -hmm. is we get those releases from doing the hard things. And, and that's what allows us to keep going and keep surviving is by doing the difficult things. There's a reward in that after like nothing feels better than hitting the bet, hitting your pillow at the end of the night after a long day where you left it all out there and like, you feel so good, but you can lay in your bed all day, lay on the couch all day. You're still in that end result, but you don't feel good because you didn't earn it. So there's a phrase we like, it's like earn your dopamine. And so when you're going in that tub, like you earn it, you have to go through the challenging part and access it naturally. So there's not going to be a drop-off and it is repeatable is what the studies show. It's fascinating. And now you can couple this into other things that give dopamine rises without a negative effect. Exercise is one of them. Yeah. And it's, it's another one we earn, even social interactions, right? We don't, uh, we don't necessarily, I mean, I'm sure we, you could maybe argue that you do get addicted to going out with your friends, hanging out from a, from a happiness standpoint, not yeah. going out and drinking, not going out and not, no, it's not yeah, what's yeah, connected yeah. with, but those same idea, right? No one has a study out there saying, hey, we should probably lay off seeing your friends too often because right, right. you're getting too happy and it's, and it's causing exactly. an addictive mindset. Exactly. And, and last thing on that note too, food. Yeah. Think about food. Food, like how accessible food is around us right now. Right. 
that's not the way that we were designed either. Like we were designed as hunter gatherers, we evolved into an agricultural um, society where as hunter gatherers, like our whole life as 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 hunters, as 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 providers, is is going and finding food to stay alive and to keep going. So so there's days where we go without eating, you know, hunting and gathering and eating berries and small caloric intake until until we get. Uh, an animal to be able to, to 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 nourish ourselves and our families and live off of that animal for a while until we find the next one. And so there there's if you look at the layers of that, like there's that's all built in and that's built in to keep us going. And why there's a lot of great studies and now fasting is becoming there. There's a lot of trends right. around fasting and what that can do for you or water fasts and and um, obviously not here to talk mm-hmm. about that. But but food is another one of just like it's so instantly like no wonder we have a, a society that's undernourished and overfed is because it's all out there accessible towards us. And we're able to hit those, you know, you have the, the sweets and the stuff, you're just going right to the, right to the dome, triggering, triggering those, um, the, the, the chemical release. So that's another one in there with all those things you mentioned. Well, and that's great. You know, food does give a dopamine hit, but once upon a time, it was always paired with movement. You move nice. to get food. Your body was in a different state. And then not consuming the abundance, right? We we did right. two things. We did nothing to physically earn the food. And nowadays that's become a negative. I know this is not the main point of the topic today, but it's a good quick yeah. segue. That's even become a negative connotation. Well, you don't, you know, the idea of, well, don't earn your, don't earn your cheat meals is usually what it's paired totally. with. But don't earn your food. It's a negative connotation with food. And I want to, I, I agree mostly with that, but in a way we are kind of missing a little bit of a, we should we should be active enough to put our body in a different physiological state so that what we consume is handled better, is digested Agreed. better. It is just it goes to a better source when the body's in the state of recovery from physical exertion. Yep. And that's not the same thing as earning it the way we think we are. We I'm not, you know, doing a 30-minute workout so you can have seven cheeseburgers is not what we're talking about. We're talking right. about putting healthy food in after we've had bouts of movement. Exactly. Um, to bring us back into our topic, you talked about the fl- the idea of flushing, and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong on something. We technically have been using cold. Ex- I mean, well, obviously, historically, people have been using cold exposure, but even day to day, we use ice bags on injuries and have been for many, many years. The studies have come out that are so indifferent. And nowadays, I think a lot of people are going into like, well, actually, ice doesn't do anything. We can stop using right. ice. I wonder if there's a misuse of it. So when mm. I give directions on how to use ice, I use that word. I use flushing. We're supposed to put on, and again, you're, you're here to correct me on this idea. Yes. We're supposed to put ice on an inflamed area. And when you remove it, it should be at its coldest moment so that the body has to reheat, which causes a flushing of the area, it causes nutrients to come through, it causes circulation to come through. Mm-hmm. Whereas many people put the ice bag on and just let it chill there, no pun intended, until we literally have the ice is melted and it's just gone lukewarm, a gradual warming instead of this fast flushing. Mm-hmm. One, is that correct in any way? And two, is that comparable to what you are saying is happening systemically when we have like a cold water submersion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, great questions. And I'll preface by saying as well, I'm not a medical doctor. So right. um, I, I I just share from my experience personally, working with thousands of other people with this and with my right. um, knowledge of researching and talking with doctors, medical doctors and top researchers. So I'll just preface by saying that as well. And and, sure. and yeah, it's an interesting thing with the icing is because there, there's a lot of mixed reviews on that. Um, some people are for, for an acute injury, for example, a sprained ankle. Some people say, okay, ice, alternate ice and heat or just ice. And like you're saying, get it off when it's at the peak of the cold. So your body is forcing to 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 reheat and, and bring that fresh blood. Um, some people, a lot of people, and there have been a lot of growing um, growing body of these people as well, suggest letting your natural inflammation process take course. Of so like yeah. the inflammation's actually not a bad thing because the inflammation is your body bringing blood there to help repair. And so we don't necessarily want to flush that inflammation away. We want that to happen. I've right. I've as I've gotten older, I've I've 
gone more towards that of like allowing the body's natural process to happen. So, but I think that the, the, there's the difference is the difference that we're talking about here when we're talking about full body immersion for two minutes versus icing a sprained ankle is the the concept of acute versus chronic inflammation. And so when when we have a, a like what you're suggesting that ice protocol is, a, is an amazing science backed complete protocol that a lot of people use right. for when you have an acute inflammation in an acute area of an acute injury of some kind. And so that's where we want to bring the ice to or doing cold water submersion to that acute area of putting your ankle in the ice water as well. That's the same sort of thing happening. But what we're talking about these benefits of, um, of the ice bath is, is from, is, is, is we're really looking at is we're really looking at more of the chronic inflammation that's building up and that like systemic level of base inflammation. Cause most of us, whether we know it or not, we just have this like steady drip of cortisol. It's dripping all day long. Cause we're just, we're, we're not in that balanced nervous system state. Most of us are a little bit leaning towards, or some of us a lot or redlining towards that sympathetic response. And we're kind of going around the day, super stimulated and caffeinated. And so we're always a little bit leaning on this side. And so the, what the ice can do is help bring that back to baseline on a whole systemic level. So I don't know if that answers your question at all, but those are some thoughts that I have on, on that topic. No, it does. And uh, it, it perfectly does actually. So no, thank you. Yep. I'd like to get into, well, before we get into some of the protocols, ice bath, ice shower. Yeah. The people use them both, the people, and the more I hear, you know, the, the Peter Atias of the world are talking about the combinations, you know, it's, it's mm. whatever number of ice baths per, per week with the remainder being ice showers or cold showers, excuse me, at the end. Yeah. What is the difference between the two from a benefit standpoint? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great question. Well, the, the similarity, let's start with the similarity is that you are going to activate that sympathetic response. When you stand underneath cold water, you're going to get that same shock factor, right? You're going to get that, this is cold. I don't want to do this. And, and you're going to get that mental, that, that, that pre-cooling piece as well of, I really don't want to do this, right? I don't want to okay. step into that ice bath. I don't want to step under the shower that's cold. Like there's a psychological barrier there. So by doing either of those, you're climbing over that wall and you're getting over that barrier where there's inherently incredible results that come from that and beneficial effects from that practice alone. Especially as entrepreneurs, as go-getters, as high performers, we know a lot about the value of doing the hard thing and doing the thing that we don't really want to do and leaning into that discomfort. As we were talking about earlier in the conversation of seeking out that discomfort, you're going to achieve both of that. You're also going to achieve the, um, you're also going to achieve a vasoconstriction to a degree uh, in the shower and in the bath of your, your vascular system going into constriction and then dilation as you warm back up. So you're going to get all that. Uh, the benefit of um, the benefit of a tub of full full body immersion over the shower is twofold. One is it's more studied. So there's less studies and there are more like I, I'm familiar with the Atias, uh, Atias perspective on this as well. And some of the studies coming out there, the combination of both. So there's more studies coming out, but most of the studies have been done um, in cold water immersion. So immersing yourself, sub submersion, submersing yourself into a body of cold water, either through cold water swimming or through through static uh, ice, ice bath holds. So that's that you're going to get. And then the other thing you're going to get is you're just, it's going to be a constant. You're getting the constant cold around you in an ice bath. Your whole body is submersed in it versus having some runoff and having cold hitting you at a certain point. But the shower is really only hitting, it's only covering a certain part of your body. So you're getting right. in the cold, you're getting that fully, fully around you. And then you can also dunk your head fully in the cold. You can run your head under the shower, of course, but you can dunk your head fully in the cold and get all your, your head underneath. Um, benefit to the shower is you have the waters constantly moving. So one of the things that we always advise people in terms of protocols in, in any ice baths, and part of the reason we built circulation into our tub is because oh. when you go into an ice bath, a proper ice bath is just ice. Or you're filling just ice into a tub and you sit in there and it's like really cold at first. You kind of get over that wave and then you're like, okay, like I'm, I can, I'm, I can do this. Part of that is your body adapting, but the other part is that you, we build this thermal layer of heat around our skin. And so it starts to get a little bit comfortable. And then all of a sudden you move and you're like, Ooh, that's cold. And you like, don't want to move. And what we invite people to do is to start to, once you adapt to start to pedal your, your, your legs, your feet and your arms, and, and even start to move some of the water and bring some water to your core, kind of like this. And so we do this as a protocol called the swimmer where we, we move the water around and we bring the water and it makes it incredibly more difficult. It can make a milder temperature of let's say 50 degrees 
feel a lot, a lot colder. It adds like a wind chill factor, if you will. So there is a benefit to the shower in terms of you're getting a constant movement. So it forces you to focus and go deeper. Whereas if you're just sitting into a, a tub and you're not moving, that doesn't have any circulation, you're, you're, you're not getting that constant hit that forces you to be more present and go deeper. It's fascinating. I didn't know that you had the current in there. I've I've read in the thermal yeah. and that's, you know, so even when, when I do my cold showers, I and it's just a set protocol I've come up with naturally over time is I just, I kind of have a slow movement, you know, it's whether it's 10 to 20 seconds front, 10 to 20 back, you know, I go to the side, go overhead again. And as I, again, this roughly 10 to 20 second cycle, I just keep going through until I get roughly to two or three minutes um, yeah. in between. But part of it is, is because I read that too. I realize you either way, the shower keeps hitting you, but I know the different nerve endings get some different benefits. So I've heard different people say, hey, let the water hit your chest. Hey, let the water hit right. your back to get different responses. As you're saying, when you're being submerged, you're getting all of it. Right. So in the shower, it's dependent on where you stand. Right. Right. And so. I, I will mention as well that showers, it's it's phenomenal. Like you're not getting, it's not like, oh, I'm getting a watered down, pun intended, a watered down effect <laughs> right. of this or like, oh, it's not as good. And maybe this sounds contradictory because I own an ice bath company, but like <laughs> you don't need the fancy tub to start with cold water immersion. You shouldn't wait until you have the fancy tub or can afford the fancy tub to, to do cold water immersion. Start with your shower. Every shower goes cold, depending on where you are, and what time of year you're, you're, right. where you're at. The, the, the degree of coldness will vary drastically, but start with a cold shower because it's still going to be challenging no matter where you're at, what temperature you're at. It's still going to be challenging. You're going to overcome that and you're going to start to build that. You're going to see some of those neurochemical releases. You're going to feel the difference and it can start you on a journey of, of cold immersion and, and it can deepen your and allow you to deepen your practice. Right. I certainly have much colder water coming through in the Midwest right now than I do in July. Yes. I mean, it's a... Yep. Towards the end of the summer and into the spring, you're like, maybe I'm just kind of adjusting to this. And then the yeah. first cold front comes through and you're like, no, no, water, yeah. was, water was warmer. That <laughs> was certainly not exactly. the case. And, and your water right now is significantly colder than my water in Southern California. Right. So, right. Yep. Right. Protocols. So someone comes to you and they are brand new to this. And let's stay with the tub. Let's go back to the tub just sure. for the sake of specifics. You know, and, and they have an option to do a tub. Where are you starting with protocols? How mm -hmm. long water temperature? So let me know the basics first. Yep. Yep. The answer that I provide people to this that they always hate is it depends <laughs> because it truly, it depends. And, and that's, that's a lot of our approach at edge theory labs and, and the, and the training and coaching and, and principles that we're building out around cold water immersion is to develop a goal oriented <laughs> approach to cold immersion. So what's our goal here? Is our goal recovery from a long training ride or run? Is our goal recovery from a hard workout we did? Is our goal to feel alert and awake in the morning? Is our goal to um, to 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 lose weight and to stimulate our metabolism? Because the answer to your question will change depending on what our goal is. And that's a lot of the education that we're doing and some of the stuff we're on the cutting edge of is, is creating these tools and, and being cool. able to, to share these protocols based on goals in a, in a very unique way. So... Largely it depends. However, as a beginner, the, the there's a there's a famous study done by uh, Dr. Susanna Soberg. Um, she's out of Scandinavia. Um, Huberman refers to her her work quite a bit on his podcast as well. Um, I personally know her as well. She's a she's a phenomenal human, and um, and and she she's done some cutting edge work in, in cold immersion, and 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 her study has shown um, eleven minutes per week gives you the minimum effective dose for the vast majority of these physiological benefits that we experience 11 minutes per week at 55 degrees Fahrenheit. And the, the thing that's worth noting and, and breaking that up into, you know, two to three minutes a day sort of thing for a number of days. The thing that's worth noting is there's something that we're focused on as well, which we refer to as the minimum effective dose. Cause anytime we're going over minimum effective dose and where people are like, how much, how long it's like, there's always there's always a diminishing return at some point, right? But I'm really focused on what's the minimum effective dose that we can do for this. And the cool part is it's a lot less intense and aggressive than people think. Because cold water immersion is everything under 57 degrees Fahrenheit, 60 degrees Fahrenheit. That's not that cold. Like it's cold, don't get me wrong, but that's not right. ice cold. 32 degrees is ice bath, ice, ice. So we see a lot of 
And I, I think part of this is the and the popularity and the trendiness of it, if you will, is you see you're seeing people that are getting into ice, proper ice baths with ice all around them at 33, 32 degrees. And and they're staying in there for like 10, 15 minutes and they're pushing it. And it's just like this mind over matter thing. And it's this kind of, you know, and there's a lot of ego that can be involved in that. So I, I prefer to, to strip that and leave that where it's at and look at how, what, what are we doing here? What's the goal around this? And right. anytime I'm taking, we're taking beginners through our, our protocol for beginners is two minutes, two minutes at whatever temperature. Sometimes when we're doing events, we like to give them a nice shock factor with 37 degrees Fahrenheit and, and the whole range up. But on a daily basis, like my tub right now is at 49 degrees. I happen to like that 47 to 52 range, that kind of hovering around 50 degrees because I'm getting all the benefits. It's a lot more of an enjoyable experience for me. Like it still sucks getting in. It's not like easy, but it's right. a lot more, it's a lot more enjoyable. Um, and, and, and then I stay for two to three minutes for each time. So uh, two minutes, if you're a beginner and you have the ability to control your time attempt, and that's another big need that we saw is there's, there's not a lot. And why we like our tub is because you're able to set the temperature anywhere from 37 Fahrenheit up to 105 Fahrenheit and make it a hot tub. And so you can set it along the spectrum and choose what temperature you want to do, which gives you precision and ability to dose more appropriately based on what you want versus if you're just putting ice into your tub or ice into a Rubbermaid tub or a horse trough, like it's a, it's a guessing game. Sometimes it's like not cold enough. Sometimes it's way too cold and it's everywhere else on the spectrum. Sometimes it freezes over if you have it outside in a, in a Northeast state. So, but for beginners to round it back and to, to, to bring it home, um, two minutes, 55 degrees is my starting point recommendation. You start to build a, a sense for it. You start to build a, a, a data point for what that feels like on your body. You start to be able to build the resilience and getting over that wall and adapting to that stress response. And then you can start to dial down the temperature from there and perhaps increase your duration from there as well. I just saw Wim uh, post on the idea of is, you know, there's a couple showers in a day too much. And it just goes back to your, it depends answer, which I love, you know, and his was, well, you know, if you find that it gives you energy, have at it, go ahead. You know, I do one first thing in the morning and mm -hmm. I'm still training a ton. I'm still up at 345 most mornings. And really the, the last thing I want to do when I first wake up, especially in the middle of winter in Chicago is feel the cold out of bed and then get into a cold shower. But now that it's a daily habit, anytime I don't, any mornings where maybe I'm running late and I just go, I am not mm. as sharp as I am. And then maybe I work out later and now I just need, I need a, from a hygiene standpoint, I need another shower. But at the end of the shower, I'm awesome. Like, well, do I do another one? Do not do another one. And I did, I started doing two on those days, not because they were planned was because maybe just, I literally needed I had an event to go to. And I'm like, well, I'm in the shower anyway, so I'm going to do it. So I think it just maybe speaks to your point yeah. of, of the, it depends on what the answer is because before this, so I've done two today, one, because I've realized I am sharper for about an hour or so after these showers. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's longer to be honest. But, yeah, it's that norepinephrine that's that's alive right. in your body of just that focus and sharpness. You feel it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I now have an, an eating shower, not in that order, um, <laughs> kind of routine that I, I do before bigger speaking events or things that I just want to feel better at. But anyway, I just saw him post on that subject yeah. of if it makes you feel like from an energy standpoint, you like it, you feel good after, ha have at that second one. Yeah. And 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 that's a great point. And, and Wim is very well known for his philosophy and what he says all the time in his teachings is feeling is understanding. And he, and in all of his approach really, and, and, you know, there's the people that are behind him and his family and his people that are helping make this more protocol based business based, but his approach is very wild man feeling is understanding. Like, you know, just breathe, <laughs> um, right. just feel like get in the ice, like just do it. And, and, and for crazy long periods of time. So his, his approach is really, and I think there's a lot to learn from that feeling is understanding. And so I was just, just, just this morning, I was in an event and we were doing some breath work and, and ice baths for, uh, for a company's uh, team retreat. And it was an awesome event. And, and one of the guys there is, has, has one of our tubs and he's loving it. He uses it all the time every day. And he was just like, I feel like I'm like, if there's an addiction to this thing, like I'm hooked, like I'm a junkie, like I'm using this thing all the time, sometimes three times a day. Like, is that too much? Like how much is too much? And my question back to him is, how do you feel? And he was just like, I feel amazing. Like, I feel so good. I feel all this energy. I feel fantastic. I'm like, well, great. And keep, then it's not too much. Then keep doing it. Like, how do you feel? And, and I think that that's a big, 
it's it's a really important through line for all of this and it's a, and it's a big departure too i think that we're we really want the we want the protocol we want the prescription we want the tell me what to do and i'll do it we want the workout plan written mm-hmm. for us we want we want to know what 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 is that minimum effective dose and yes there's a place for that and there's science behind that and we want to share that with everybody but and i should say at the same time my goal is also to empower people to use this as a tool for when they need exactly like how you said of I'm feeling a little bit slower or I want to feel that sharpness. So I'm going to use that tool of a cold shower. Phenomenal. Now you're talking about being a more resilient, empowered, sovereign, self-regulated human being. And that's what it's about at the end of the day. That's where you get that power from. That's what allows you to show up as your best self and and, and to serve the people you're here to serve, your family, your your clients, your community, your network, the, the world. And and so I think I think there's there's something big to be said about that when it comes to breath, when it comes to ice, when it comes to any of these tools, yoga, movement, and that's why I like to view them as it's a tool in your toolkit. It's a it's a color on your palette. It's a it's 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 a it's a weapon in your arsenal. And when we can develop the 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 wherewithal to ask ourselves, how am I feeling, and what do I need in this moment, and then we can give ourselves that thing that we need. That's not externally self-soothing, but that's with internal within the physiological mechanisms we have present, we were born with, and we were born to express and explore, then then there's so much power. Like that's that's the definition of being empowered to me, is is really is that right there. And so for me, like I don't time myself when I go in the cold tub anymore. I'm not running the timer of like, okay, cool, I get yeah. two minutes today. It's like I'm going in, I'm very present with my breath, I'm present with my emotions, I'm present with my feeling, my intuition. And I know when it feels like it's time. And maybe I say for a few more breaths and depends on what mindset I'm in. If I want to push it, maybe I'll dunk my head, but I, I like to view it. And I want to invite everybody else to view this as well is how can I use this as a tool into my practice? Well, I, I love that. And it's, I, I have not timed myself for a long time. I, one, I just think the, the habit I got into, I was, I know time at some point was timing into that sure. two to three minute mark. So I just kind of kept it going. Has it shortened up? Maybe. I don't know. But the truth is you're right. It, it became more of the ritual for me than it did the protocol, and you know, and and I, I said sometimes I, when I when I think about the when I say to myself the reasons that I've the reasons I've begun doing the cold showers versus the reasons I initially did it, they have changed a little bit. The, the initial reasons didn't go away; they're ever present. But now that I've done them for a while, the reasons have changed to things I didn't foresee. And they do sound kind of cheesy sometimes in my head, but the truth is they have become this, this idea of, well, if I can do this, if I can start my day with something that is so uncomfortable, nothing else can surprise me today. If I can get through this, I can get through that. And the opposite too. Every every day for at least a split second, I'm like, I don't have to do this right now. I do it every day. I can miss today. But then it's like, well, then what though? Because if I'm going to give myself that leeway here, where else am I going to give myself that leeway? And again, people that haven't experienced this, maybe you, maybe it sounds stupid to them. But it, it, that has been a really, really strong part of my day. And I'm kind of proud of myself to, to the days where you know I come in, I do the hot shower, do the shaving part, and then I don't think about it. When I crank it to yeah. cold, it, something about that has become so natural. And to be honest, it hasn't. You mentioned earlier, it still sucks was the words you used. It really, it does. Like it's, you know, people ask, does it get easier? I, maybe in some ways it become a little more subconscious to just turn that lever and without thinking about it all the way to cold and just kind of sit there and start waiting for it. But it's still, that shock still hits me every That's single day. day, just like it did day one. And how I feel coming out of the shower still feels yes. exactly how it did. There's a lot of things I've gotten numb to or not numb isn't the right word. There's a lot of things I've adapted to. Yes. I think yep. over life, this is one that I'm saying in a good way, I yep. have not, <laughs> you know, because that means I'm still getting the same benefit mm-hmm. that I was day one. So you don't need you know, a tolerance break from doing your, uh, your, your showers, right? right? So like, so yes. like you build your tolerance up too high and you're like, Oh, I don't feel this anymore. And thank God, because that's what allows us to still get that. Like you said, that's that the, to the degree that it still sucks when we turn the, the shower to cold or we get in that ice bath is the same degree that we're able to experience the benefits from repeatedly every single time. If we right. adapted to that and it didn't suck anymore, then our response to that and the benefits wouldn't be there anymore. So thank God every single time, like it does yeah. still suck because that means that we're still able to get those benefits and we're still able to stay sharp and feel all those things. 
Yeah, it must be so rewarding for you when you see these light bulbs go off of people you work with consistently. <sighs> like I, you know, I know as a trainer what my light bulb moments are, and they they happen later. They don't happen day one. They don't happen day thirty. They don't happen day sixty. Right. There's something that happens later when you have people that all of a sudden, and again, call it a spirituality thing, go one sure. layer above what they thought they were getting into yep. a journey for. Um, and it's been such a pleasant surprise for me. So I can only imagine how rewarding that is for you doing this as often as you do. Yeah, man, it's just, it's the same thing. And and what's really cool about this is that, and why this is so powerful is that it's like you mentioned, it's it's such a there's such a small time frame and it's such a closed loop or container for to see the transformation really happen. Like again, this morning, every single time there's at least one person that has a profound experience with us, transformational. It has the opportunity to be transformational for us. Seeing this woman who was very afraid, very fearful of getting into that ice. You could see it was bringing up a lot of patterns for her and you could just see that she was completely in fear, even though she was totally dry before getting in the tub was fine. And being able to talk with her and coach her through getting to that place where she felt ready to step into the tub. She got into the tub, you know, was in that full, you know, like panic mode. Like she was, her body was red alert, red alert, red alert. Everything was blacking out probably for her. She couldn't, you know, it was just like, okay, this is intense. And being able to be present with her and help her get back to her breath and get her to that state of like peace to where after two minutes, she was like, that's it, we're done. And she got out just like beaming, absolutely beaming of, you could just see it uh, completely beaming of just a gratitude and appreciation for herself that she just did this thing. She just conquered a big fear, showed herself that she's stronger than she thought she was, reminded herself, I should say, of how strong she truly is, did something terrifying that she never thought she could do and, and properly regulated herself by allowing herself to shift into that parasympathetic nervous system in that tub. And, and to be able to see that and to see that moment where it happens, it's like in every single person, it's like you get in, some people are able to get to that calm breath quicker than others, but every beginner, it's like you get in, there's a bit of that. And then when you see them shift gears into like, oh, okay, it happened, the shift happened. It's so rewarding. And, and it's why I, I love doing this. And, and it's the, it really is the coolest part. You know, I, I would probably call myself more of a scared person growing up. I wasn't someone to jump into trying new things. You know, I flash forward and now, and I've, I've, I went skydiving one time on a, a bag by my friend. I'm like, there's no way I'm doing this. He somehow got me on the plane. I went every year for years after that. I've jumped in, you know, scuba diving is the same thing. I really didn't want to go scuba diving. I jumped in the middle of the ocean for the first time. That's how I started. And, you know, after you do it the first time, it's just, once you kick these doors open of, one more thing that I thought I would never do that now I did. Like it's you kick one door open, really it kicks open like a hundred doors. So and, true. And again, I think it's something people don't realize when they get into again, whatever reason you start doing exercise, yeah. cold exposure, eating better, really ties back to really one goal, which we're gonna get to in a second. But whatever the reason is, I like when people see the other sides of the journey. I don't want to miss I have one I had one protocol question I want to make sure I get sure. back to before I ask you a question on um well, what I believe is the main reason a lot of people start a lot of health journeys, uh, breathing. You know, we mentioned Wim Hof. I know he has certain protocols. He promotes, um, you know, when you're instructing, again, somebody new, what is a breathing protocol that you like to add in? And then just a quick follow-up question. Is there a difference between a breathing protocol you would do specifically with cold exposure versus one you might do just you need a midday break or end of the night. Yeah, definitely. And we can do a whole other podcast on just breath work alone. <laughs> sure. awesome. yeah. We have yeah. 11 pounds of breathing muscles in our body, our diaphragm, our intercostals. And we all work out the muscles, you know, our biceps, our hamstrings, our glutes, but we don't work out our breathing muscles, the foundation, the function of what we need. We focus a lot on diet, on the food that we eat, which we can go weeks without eating food and still survive. We focus on the water that we drink, but we can go days without water and still survive. We can't go more than a few minutes without breath before we expire. And it's the foundation of everything, of all good health hydration comes from our breath. And, and we're chronically in a state of breathing, I don't want to say improperly, but there's a big opportunity to breathe more properly, more functionally, to be able to wake up the diaphragm because we have the, you know, our alveoli in the bottom of our lungs, those sacs that bring oxygen through our arterial system are at the bottom of our lungs where our diaphragm is. And, and so being able to breathe into our diaphragm and, and breathing, utilizing our an efficient breath breathing style throughout the day will help us 
be so much more healthy and vitalized than just shallow chest breathing like most of us do. Posture is a big thing too. We're the sitting is a new smoking, right? When we're sedentary like this, our jaws forward and open, our our our, our, our chest is curved, our diaphragm's compressed. There's not room for us to to breathe and expand. So there's there's so much to dig into around breath work. I'll yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll first answer your question specifically around the ice the ice bath and the breath that's important when it comes to the ice bath. And I think about, I, I'd say this to everybody before they get in. If you forget everything I just told you, you forget about everything, think about in through the nose and long, slow exhales. And the reason why I say that in through the nose and long, slow exhales is because that's the, the opposite of that startle reflex that we have when we get into the cold or someone jumps behind the door and scares us. We go in through the mouth and in the chest right? It's short burst. And so when we go in through the nose, opposite of mouth, and we go long, slow exhales, it's the opposite of that short burst in through the mouth. So what that does is that triggers our body to, our body follows suit from that breath to go into that parasympathetic rest and digest, right? We can control our our nervous system by using our breath. It's fascinating. Our breath is something that happens without us thinking about, but we can also consciously influence. We breathe roughly 20 to 30,000 times a day. Most of the time, it's all 100% unconscious. So when we bring the breath consciously into the tub, it helps us regulate our nervous system by slowing down our breath. So I say, everybody, you get in, if you feel that big shock wave, right? Initially, like it feels like you can't catch your breath. Like I, I can't catch my breath. What I always tell people in that case, Push that breath out and maybe maybe make a shh sound. Really force and push that breath out so you can get out of the chest. I feel like you catch your breath and you can breathe again. And then we shift to the inhalations through the nose and the long, slow exhales. And you'll just feel the relaxation kind of come over you when you do that. Even just now me doing that, I'm like, oh, that feels better. So yeah. <laughs> so that's that's as it relates to the uh, to the ice. Okay. No, that, well, that's interesting. And I, you know, I've definitely heard things about you you don't want to feed into the sympathetic nervous system, right? You don't want to go in and constantly be trying to fight it and shivering and jumping around because that's the opposite of one of the main benefits, right? The idea of being able to control your stress responses. If we react to stress with stress, we actually create a habit of reacting to stress with stress. Then you're just going to suffer. It's just going to be suffering. You're going to be in that tub suffering and that's not fun for anybody. And you can also, if you hyperventilate too much, you get lightheaded or dizzy, which is not fun to do around water, right? Not advisable. So there's all those things and why it's really important to get back to that breath so that you're, you're taking control. Right. Um, And then Ellen, just briefly on that last note of breath to use throughout the day, you know, every, every breath we take, we, our, our body chemistry changes, our alkalinity changes, our, our, our chemistry changes with every breath that we take, which is fascinating. So yeah. um, throughout the day is like a, is a boost. And, and I recommend people going check out Wim Hof uh, breathing mm-hmm. on YouTube is a, is a great one, but just, just bringing in conscious breaths is, can be incredibly revitalizing. Uh, the, the caveat around doing any sort of breath work is making sure that you're lying down and you're in a safe space yeah. and you're near water, like first and foremost, <laughs> because you can, you know, you can really blast off and you want to make sure you're safe first and foremost. But, um, but doing some, you can do some active controlled breathing where you are actually stimulating that sympathetic nervous system and you are eliciting that excitatory response to upregulate, which mm-hmm. can be helpful at times if you feel like you're dragging a bit. So we can right? We can introduce some some controlled active breathing into our system to help us upregulate and give our system what we need. So that can be very valuable times to, to bring up the adrenaline levels, which also can increase our white blood cell production, which studies show to fight off our second level immune system, uh, immune response or immune defense. Fantastic research around all that from Wim Hof himself and, and the studies that he's done. So there's a lot more to dig into around that, but it's it's a, it's a powerful tool to both upregulate and kickstart and downregulate and, and chill out. It's a huge topic, and I do appreciate your answer because it's still very helpful. So thank you for the the short, efficient answer. A lot of people start anything health related because of one goal that the I you don't meet many people that don't want to talk about a decrease in body fat, whether you're talking about mass amount of weight loss or you know a five percent change that makes them look better in a bathing suit. Right. A mutual friend of ours just. And I did not, admittedly, I've not read the study, but I know that a mutual friend of ours just uh, posted on a new study that came out about how there could be some benefits in decreasing body fat from cold exposure. But the first question here is, 
How many people come to you with that being their first thought in mind? It's a great question. Um, you know, it's it's one of those. Th- thankfully, it's not as many as you would think. It's definitely a, um, a a lot of people do do say, "Oh, and I can lose weight from it too." Okay, now I'm interested, right? <laughs> it's like, "Oh, now you're talking like this. This can help me lose weight." I don't care about feeling more energy, more happy, less depressed, <laughs> more vital. But I care. But but this can help me lose weight too. Now I'm listening, like, which is so funny because you're right. That is that, that's such a subconscious thing. Yeah. So 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 interesting. Um. And yes, I'm 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 familiar with uh with with what with what Todd shared as well around the um the, the decrease in abdominal fat that was shown from a combination. It was a combination protocol as well of cold immersion in an ice bath and cold showers. Um. From from that. It's I I find it interesting just as a. Again, it's a societal thing where people. Well, actually, I wish the I wish the response to exercise what you just said. Oh, I could also lose body fat. Right, this is great. it's a byproduct because that's the yes. truth. The byproduct, well, and that's what it should be. And I think that's right. you know, I think this is the the point I want to make here is, just like with exercise, there are so many benefits that can come out of something. So, but it probably takes. I think that body fat is the one thing that it really takes. Not one thing, but it's a thing that really takes a well-rounded approach to achieve and time showers and time cold shower nutrition still your number one i don't and i and listen yeah, i i, own I agree a gym. i talk about exercise for a living nutrition is number one with body fat that's it yeah. but all of a sudden exercise being a quick number two and then you talk about the benefits of sleep and fat loss and then you talk about right. exposure and then you talk about right. breathing actually has something because right. oh yeah if we are more calm our cortisol levels are low cortisol right. has a direct correlation with with lipid efficiency this are you know when you start piecing together these these things, I think that's where people see true fat loss. Yes, and fat loss specifically. I want to make sure I, I you know I'm, I'm very clear to my members and my clientele that we are not talking weight loss. We're talking fat loss. I want to be very yes. specific about what I'm using as an energy source at a pace that makes me yeah. lose total weight off a of scale. But you know, I think for if that's the main reason some people have come to this episode, it's a good reason. It certainly could right. be a product, but I think it's important to know that. If you don't have everything else aligned yet, you should still utilize cold exposure because yeah. of the other benefits that are going to help you go along the way. If you feel better, if you feel a dopamine spike, if you have more energy, you're a little more likely to do your workout that day. You're in a bit of better mood and maybe you make some better decisions surrounding food. It's it's this powerful tool that I think both now directly, according to this new study, but also indirectly feeds into this lifestyle. Great point. That, that can come around to, to the benefits of body fat. And then again, like you said, the byproduct is the perfect word. When we put the habits on a pedestal, and certain members are going to roll their eyes because they hear this a lot. But <laughs> when we put the habits on the pedestal, the million byproducts all eventually kind of hit. When we put any individual byproduct on the pedestal at the top, mm. we typically fail. I like that a lot. Typically fail. I like that a lot. So that, I'm taking that note down, put the habits on the pedestal. Yeah, that's 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 so true. And then I think the other thing I'm sure you, I, I from the little little that I've I've done and in, in digging into into your message and, and your show and, and your audience is is what about what's going on between the years? Like what about the mindset of focus that has on, yes. on all of this that frame of mind? And that's and that's huge. That's that's starting point number one. So all these things yeah. and and look like I I can't tell you. I mean how many people have probably started a health journey because of that reason that might be superficial or byproduct, but then have through the results of that experience, like, oh, wait, actually, it's more about this. And then I'm going to see the real results of this one. I can put this to the side and put the, the habit on the pedestal. Absolutely. So it can be a good gateway for uh, people as well. Absolutely. And people have to allow that to be part of the process. People yeah. say so fixated and they don't want to go into that next level of thinking. And when they do that is when they eventually will fail and then start again and fail and start again. And, and there the process goes. Uh, Joshua, man, this has been Awesome. Where do people find you? Where do people find uh, the Edge Tubs? Yeah, um, Instagram is my preferred way of um, communication and staying up to up to speed. So my my Instagram is at Joshua Dean Church. That's my personal IG. I'm on there. Drop me a line, say hello, and then our uh, our company's on Instagram at Edge Theory Labs. We got a cool social media, uh, growing following with 
some fun content we love posting and um, highlighting some different athletes we work with, stuff like that, and sharing a lot of these tips and protocols and tools and training and education as well through social. Our website, edgetheorylabs.com, you can check out more about the Edge Tub and um, and learn all more about it. There's a link to be able to book a book a call with our team as well to chat more about cold immersion, chat more about the benefits, chat more about the actual specific features and benefits of the Edge Tub itself and how it could be good for you. So you can um, feel free to check that out. That's all there for you as well. we got a great newsletter. So lots of ways to stay in. I would say Instagram's like the like the 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 tip of the spear there to 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 get into the ecosystem entirely. Well, everyone should definitely check out the sites because as as detailed as this episode was, there is still so much more to see. So I highly recommend go to the website, go to the Instagram pages. Um, I've dug through all the posts now <laughs> at this point. Nice, and uh, it is and, it's awesome. And I, and I will say too that. Um, uh, everybody listening here and on your show as well will have um, the opportunity if they want to to receive a discount through um, through you. So you can definitely awesome. definitely check that. I'll make sure we we get you all set up on that. And you can share that in the show notes. I will absolutely put in the show notes, and it'll be on the social media post as well. Sweet. So, all right. Well, Joshua, stick around again. Thank you so much for being with us today, listeners. Definitely go check out Joshua, his personal page, the business page, and uh, check out the show notes for the specifics on uh, the direct links and and the discount code. Um, And please do not forget to rate and review, and we will see you next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Lifestyle as Medicine podcast. Find more episodes like this at www.lifestyleasmedicinepodcast.com and visit www.marhealthandperformance.com and at marhealthandperformance on both Facebook and Instagram for more great content and information about programs. Have a great day and see you next time.